Hello, everyone. Welcome again. It's another episode of the Osmers.com podcast series. And today I'm excited to tell you that uh, I'm recording this live from Shenzhen, China. So over the past 10 days, I've been traveling in Asia and I came into uh, Guangzhou, China, which is the home of the Canton Fair. And then I went over to Hong Kong and now I'm back in Shenzhen and then heading back to Seattle uh, eminently. Uh, by the way, this is awesomers.com podcast episode number 144, and so it's a really simple process. If you want to see if there's any show notes or details, pop over to awesomers.com slash 144, and you'll find any relevant details, notes, etc. And uh, sometimes these are really uh, extraordinarily detailed and lots of links and maybe even transcripts, but more recently, because of my time, they are pages that are more lean, let's say. So I continue to struggle with my time, not the management, just the demands. Uh, I think it's managing just fine, but I have to prioritize very carefully based on um, a number of factors. Obviously, the number of companies that I'm involved with, as well as priorities with customers, and even some sanity time. So anyway, that's what I'm dealing with. Uh, I wanted to share today with you just a couple thoughts about China in general and how the Canton Fair works and hopefully how you worked it. Uh, if you were here at the Canton Fair, I hope you uh, send us a message, leave a comment, join us on the Facebook group. And by the way, if you haven't already, you can go to osmers.com and join the mailing list. Just click on the join the, join the movement uh, button so that you stay up to date on a lot of the things that we send out. Now, we definitely aren't spammers. We don't send you uh, stuff every day and, and we certainly don't hammer you, but we send stuff that we think is valuable, and, and since our opt-out is very, very low, we think people agree, and so I encourage you to join us over there. If you haven't already, by the way, checked out Empowery.com, uh, I would do that because it's the e-commerce cooperative. It's a nonprofit, member-owned cooperative that's designed to help e-commerce entrepreneurs, and I know people don't know what a co-op is. They don't know how it works, and how is it nonprofit, and how is it member-owned, those details are irrelevant. Uh, you can go find out, and, and there's many things to help you learn that and talk about the details if you really care to learn. The, the only thing that really matters is that it's there to help e-commerce entrepreneurs be better at pricing, be better at uh, so many things involved in our business. And I'm talking about saving money on uh, products, services, and things like that, and having access to best practices, resources, and much, much more. So go check that out because it's worth it. It's worth your time. And I'm a believer. I joined. I'm a member. I'm also uh, one of the kind of co-founders that is helping uh, basically invest in, and make sure this thing gets off the ground until it can support itself. So uh, we're going to talk about China just a little bit. So one of the lessons of the Canton Fair that I've learned long ago, but it's always reinforced every single year, is the fact that the thing is just simply massive. There's no way to describe the Canton Fair without involving words like gigantic, massive, or, you know, at a scale that people uh, have a hard time understanding. And most often, people only go to phase one phase of uh, Canton Fair. It has three phases. If you joined our last podcast where I talked about my top tips uh, if you're attending the Canton Fair. And each of these phases has, you know, like 60,000 spaces for booths. Now, that doesn't mean every booth has a, has a vendor. Some vendors take up more than one booth or 10 booth sizes or what have you. 
So, but there are literally tens of thousands of vendors at each phase and tens of thousands more of attendees from around the world looking for options, opportunities, et cetera. And at this particular time, I, I'm here in April, 2019, it is the time that people prepare for Christmas. And I know that sounds weird if you're not uh, well experienced that you need to start knowing your planning for your buying and, and so forth around Christmas at this early time, but it really is critical. You should have the product ideas, planning, development ongoing right now from April to say June and be in a position to finalize negotiations and place purchase orders over July, August. And the earlier you get those in, you can miss, uh, you have the opportunity to skip the increase in the container rates, which go up and that's due to peak demand and peak season. It's a, it's a pure supply demand curve there. So uh, the, the scale of Canton is, is very, very large, the fair itself, but there's many little hidden gems in there. And it, it just reminds me of the, the things that I see people making mistakes. So I, I had the opportunity to interact and meet up with many, many entrepreneurs, dozens and dozens. Uh, in one event, there were hundreds, and another event, uh, dozens and dozens more, about 60 to 70. And I, I hear questions commonly about, you know, what should I do to get the best price for my supplier? Which sounds like a reasonable question. But price is not the only part of the equation. I've talked about some of the, the mistakes in prior episodes about the top seven mistakes people make when they buy from China. And I encourage you to find that on the podcast or on YouTube or what, wherever it is. And learn that you know price is important and you should focus on making sure that you have the market price but you know if you're buying a pen and everybody else is paying 90 cents for that pen after they've you know done the appropriate negotiations and you think you're going to get it for 85 cents you're wrong uh, unless you have some sort of new volume or new twist or lower specification standard there are normal economics now, that doesn't mean if a supplier gives you a price that you should just take that price and be done with it. Finding the market price means getting multiple quotes and understanding the differences between each quote until everything comes back to apples and apples comparison. If you're from outside the English-speaking world, apples to apples basically means you compare the exact same uh, specifications with the pricings to, to be fair about it. And too often I see people say, well, you know, I see everybody's paying 90 cents for this. Give it to me for 80 cents. And the guys will go, okay. And we walk away thinking we're brilliant negotiators, but all they did is they took out some of the most important quality components of that particular item, a pen or, or whatever the case is. So think about that as a, as really the yin and the yang, right? You have to maintain quality. You have to really maximize the opportunity to make a positive impact for your customer because after all, that's who writes the reviews and who pays the bills with pricing. They, they go hand in hand. It doesn't mean you shouldn't try to negotiate. It just should mean first know the market price, make sure you're at the market price, and then to whatever extent that you're trying to enhance that price, make sure you know any trade-offs that come as a result of that. Often they don't show up in the first shipment, by the way. Sometimes a supplier will make an agreement that he shouldn't or that is below market value, and again, you, you know, high five yourself and take a victory lap thinking you're a genius, uh, but only 
to find out later in subsequent batches that they've engineered the quality down. And many times, including this trip here, I've recommended the book Poorly Made in China by Paul Midler. And it is a terrific book to really understand the mentality and the culture of factories and buying from factories in China. It, in many respects, when I read the book, it felt like retelling 15 years of my life uh, with variations of the stories and so on. And, it, you know, I laughed and I cried, and I think you will too. So I recommend that book. And, and he has a follow-on book, by the way, called What's Wrong with China, which is more of a um, social look at the, you know, how did this issue begin? How did some of these things that were discussed and poorly made in China evolve? And he literally quotes and goes back, you know, to writings and, and findings from 150 years ago in the, I think, mid-1800s. Really compelling stuff. And for me, I love to learn and I want to I want to understand context. I want to know the why behind things. And so it really helps me. And I think it makes me a better partner for factories. It makes me more understanding. You know, I have a, a saying, not that I made it up, but I apply it often. When in Rome, do as the Romans do, right? Many people have heard this. But I was just with some colleagues in China here. And they said, you know, oh, I'm, I'm so tired of this you know, spitting or, you know, nobody stands in line. They all just push to the front or, you know, whatever it is. And I'm like, it's not that I love that stuff, but I'm in Rome. Uh, I don't have to even do that stuff, but I'm not going to bother the Romans, right? I'm not going to bother the local people just because they have different cultural norms than I do. And I think that's an important thing as you travel is to make sure that you're the one who's adapting and not expecting the locals to change, you know, for your, you know, whatever makes you feel comfortable. And I, again, I've talked about this in past uh, podcasts and, and other types of content. There's been dinners where it is, uh, well, let's just say it got interesting in terms of the, the spitting and slurping and slopping and smoking and just really stuff that at the table, my mom would have spanked every one of those guys. And uh, as it turns out, she wasn't there and they did not get a spanking, but it's probably good because they were in their home uh you know, town and should be able to do whatever they want to do, whatever their normal is. So I, my point is on China, I don't want you to focus on a single question. I want you to think of China as an equation. There is no single thing that you can do to understand and be excellent in sourcing in China and executing from, you know, shipping and supply chain and logistics and all that other stuff. It's an equation and you got to get all the pieces in place. Uh, a quick word, I know that uh, as I record this, there are ongoing discussions about the China-U.S. trade war, trade kerfuffle, whatever you want to think of it as. And I think it's, it's going the way I expect it to. I still expect a, a relatively uh, modest resolution in the favor of positive trade relations, not a total meltdown. And I expect it in relatively short order, relatively short time. And my predictions from last year, to this same uh, point about relatively easy resolution versus you know total uh, all-out war, which would be catastrophic for everyone. Uh, I think it's going that direction. I think my predictions have panned out in that you know they they delayed the other fifteen percent increase in most of the the tariffs. There are other tariffs that were pending, and they've kind of belayed that, and they're trying to work through some of the the issues and there are some big issues there this is not so much a trade war 
as a rebalancing of the relationship, which involves far, far more than trade. So as you hear all this on the news, my point is don't get excited. Don't get worried. You can't control it anyway, so worry doesn't uh, change anything. And I, I, I want to just let you know that there's opportunities to source from around the world. This is why China ultimately will come to the table and do a, a deal because we'll just buy the stuff from somewhere else. Right now, China has scale, has wonderful logistics and factories and, and really trade execution. They understand it. They're, they're world-class traders. But other guys will rise up to the challenge where, where there's an opportunity. And I know many, and I'm talking about off the top of my head, a half a dozen China-based factories that are moving operations to Cambodia, Malaysia, uh, and other places, Vietnam even. And you'll see that type of migration happening. So it's starting with Chinese ownership. So they know what they're doing. They have a good base of operations. But they're going to start moving that stuff into other countries with less tariff uh, issues, less, less threats of tariffs and, and trade uh, issues, as well as lower uh, cost of employees, personnel. And that's one thing in China that just keeps going up and up and up. So this is a global world that we're living in. And although China is a beautiful foundation and there still remains absolutely endless opportunity, it's not the end of the, the world uh, in a literal sense. There are other opportunities that exist. So please understand that I will start talking about those as they become more pressing matters. But we do know ways of finding any product from almost any country in the world. You want to source, um, you know, that pen that I talked about earlier. You want to get that from, you know, the Philippines or Taiwan or Vietnam or Malaysia or Brazil, any country. I can find, you know, that supplier in any country. Uh, not that hard to do, by the way. Okay, so we've talked about China. We've talked about some trade issues. We've talked about even the opportunity to source elsewhere. Uh, I want to want to end today. I'm trying to just do a relatively short podcast. I've already kind of run longer than I expected. But if you haven't already and you're listening to this in the early May timeframe, get on over to Empowery.com and look at the Seattle Summit. If there are still tickets available, grab one up, the one that fits for you. You're not going to want to miss, miss this thing. We literally have things that you can't get anywhere else in terms of content, access, uh, concepts that you don't hear talked about. And you know we have amazing speakers. Uh, Tim Francis will be there and he's going to talk about, you know, in 15 days, you can make a hire that can change your life and have a key right hand person that can help you systematize your business. And it's, it's an extraordinary system. And I've used his overall concept in the past on my own before I knew Tim, but recently, maybe six months ago or so, I met Tim, had the opportunity to put his uh, process in place and the results have been spectacular. For all of you who are like, I'm too busy, I don't have time, I don't know how to find a good assistant, my VAs never work out, this is something absolutely life-changing. And that, for that reason alone, you should show up. Uh, then we have the great Kevin King, who's going to drop at least 90 minutes of pure gold on the ground uh, for everyone there. And it is always compelling and action point, tactic after tactic, that will be great. Uh, Rich Goldstein, uh, a well-known patent lawyer, is coming out, and he's going to be there for all three days. All the attendees will have time to meet with all of our speakers, uh, those that I've mentioned and others that I won't have time to mention today, myself included, by the way. 
during the entire time. Uh, if you get a VIP ticket, it's three days. If it's general admission, it's a two-dayer. But you get the chance to talk about, you know, patents or that key hire. What are the best tactics with these world-class minds? Uh, we also have the guys, uh, Todd Fiscus, coming in from uh, Transition 360 to talk about how to prepare your business to sell. And what are the steps that need to be done? We've got a, a super secret trip. We're going to take over to eBay and learn about the opportunities there and, and get you a kind of uh, a VIP access to some of the beta programs they have to actually sell stuff on eBay and learn some of the, the action steps that you can take to make things happen. And we'll literally go to the eBay offices. Uh, we've got some guys from Amazon coming over. I'm not going to talk too much about that, but I can just say that you're going to get access to stuff you've never gotten anywhere else firsthand from people who work at Amazon. Uh, tell me the last time that's happened for you. And there's also opportunities. I'm, I'm actually doing this off the top of my head. So if I'm forgetting stuff, and I clearly am over the course of three days, uh, believe me, it's not uh, uh, an omission on purpose. It's just I don't have time or the memory banks. Uh, I've got a world-class brander. Uh, this gentleman, uh, Yuri, he's, he comes from a, a world-class agency, now has his own agency that's a branding agency. And he came from the same agency that does the Starbucks work. They did a company of mine 15 years ago and in big, big scale. I mean, amazing, amazing vision. And now he's out of that uh, massive agency, a public company, and into his own company. Yet he can help people just like us, right? regular entrepreneurs. He can help put you in a world-class brand position without spending the you know uh, Starbucks kind of money with spending Reasonable money, still costs some money, but you don't have to spend money to learn from him and to come and hang out with him. That's on VIP day only. We got the great Bernie Williams coming in to drop some, some gold nuggets about what does it take to, to scale your business on and off of Amazon. Bernie's got a wonderful business and he'll tell you all about it. Again, that's a VIP day uh, exclusive. Uh, the first uh, items I mentioned are all on the, the first two days, which are involved in general admission. We have many other things, strengths-based leadership uh, uh, training and, and access. We're going to talk about the Access to Europe program uh, very briefly. We're going to talk about you know, that Go Global concept that we've been uh, discussing from time to time. It's really, really powerful. Uh, we're going to talk about the KevinAndSteve.com project as well. Kevin and I are going to give a sneak peek after hours, volunteer only. You're not required to go to this. But we're going to tell people exactly what it is at that event. If you've been following KevinAndSteve.com, you want to find out what that's all about. This is the thing to come to and check it out. Uh, so just so much. And I could just say, if, if anybody goes to that thing and whatever ticket you buy, if you at the end of that thing don't like it, and you're willing to write me, you know, 500 to 1,000 words constructive criticism on why you didn't like it and what we can do better, I'll personally give you your money back. The co-op's not going to give you your money back. They're, they're running a nonprofit. They're just trying to break even on, on food and venue and, you know, all the things that go into the event, you know, flying uh, people and this and that. There's just a lot that goes into an event. So it, it's not a moneymaker for them anyway. So, but I will personally guarantee it. You don't like it? Just write me what they can do better, and, and I'm part of that effort. And we'll make it right for you. I don't care. Uh, I think that you, if you can't get 10x or even 100x out of this over the course of the year, you're probably just not doing it right. You know, 10x is so reasonable. Uh, I think you can do 10x in 10 weeks, frankly. So anyway, that's, that's enough on that. I'm super excited about it. 
this is meant to be a very small event. This is not hundreds of people. This is a, a few dozen people that will have intimate access to all the speakers and all the experts uh, throughout the event in really unprecedented, extraordinary ways. Uh, I forgot to mention on the first two days, we're going to have an agency from Costco swing by to tell people what the upside and downside of being on Costco is. And you can even have informal conversations after the session, like, is my product ready for Costco? Yes, no, maybe so. Um, the answer is probably not, but they can at least put you on the road to figuring out if that's the right path for you. So I, I love Amazon. I think it's a wonderful channel, but I want people to think about the, the broader world out there. It's not just Amazon. And give me the 80-20 all day long, and I will just tell you, uh, I've sold multi-channel. I believe in multi-channel. There are massive opportunities expanding geographically. There's massive opportunities expanding in channels. And uh, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Listen, everybody, I love entrepreneurs. I do this because uh, I hope it's helpful to you. Uh, I'm, I'm, it, it touches my heart. I appreciate it when people come up and go, hey, I listen to your podcast. You know, and they're from all around the world, which is uh, astounding to me. I mean, who cares what I have to say? But I do it anyway because I care and because I love entrepreneurs and I want you to be successful. I want you to follow you know, whatever path that you've, uh, are choosing and be successful in that quest. And if I can help in any small way, I hope uh, that that uh, this podcast or other resources uh, are there for you. So thank you again. This is awesomers.com slash 144. So go to awesomers.com slash 144 to see the details and show notes, whatever I can put up on that. Uh, and I thank you again, everybody. We'll see you next time.